Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Greece and Rome, and they invite you to celebrate with them. Welcome to Voice of Olympus. Greetings and welcome to Voice of Olympus. This is your host, Hercules Invictus. And tonight is a continuation of our ongoing Starfleet adventure with Admiral Bob Vossler of the USS Challenger. Greetings and welcome, Bob. How are you? Doing great. Enjoying my uh, first day of my holiday vacation. So um, oh, I'm having awesome. a good Doing anything special for the holidays? Uh, well, I'm going to go visit my in-laws in Florida, uh, uh, and I oh, leave great. on Friday. But before that, I'm just running around doing some uh, some errands and some side jobs and doing some holiday-related stuff that got uh, delayed. But, uh, you know, having a good time. That's the important thing, having a great time and getting things uh, accomplished and spending time with the people you uh, care about. Um, now, the USS Challenger is always busy. And uh, whenever I've uh, spoken to you, um, you've just finished a bunch of really cool things. You're about to start them. What is going on in this uh, point in time? And what has just uh, been completed in the near future? Well, I didn't make this month. I was reading about time travel, so I got all my tenses confused. <laughs> what has wrapped up and what's about to start? <laughs> uh, well, earlier this month, we enjoyed our annual holiday cookie exchange. Um, awesome. And uh, that, that drew a crowd of, of uh, 20 people or more. Uh, we filled ourselves up with cookies and pizza and had, had a wonderful time, as always. And, um, you know, all kind of interesting we even had some combadge design cookies uh, that one member brought, but they were fantastic uh, um, recipes, and um, and we put on some pounds that day. And we had um, <laughs> guests from the USS Avenger, based in Middlesex County, and uh, a member of the USS Storm in Atlantic County came by. So, um, oh, very cool. so we had a we had a great time, and. Uh, then the, the following week, uh, we had an away team of, of, I believe, eight members went to Smithville. 
unfortunately, my wife and I could not join them as planned because I had a had a wee bout of of something, which thankfully went away. Um, I saw so that I couldn't on your Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't be part of that away team, but a good time was had by all, and I'm sure Todd will could mention more because he was there. And then, uh, although not an official an event, but uh, I represented the ship at uh, yesterday's Jersey Shore Toy Show, always putting out oh, some cool. flyers and, you know, and there were some Star Trek items there, but, you know, there was, uh, that was in Manasquan, and I had a good time at that, too. So uh, that, that kind of wrapped up uh, the month, uh, with the exception of this special event here that Todd and I are taking part in. So, uh, you know, we, we've had a pretty active December. And we're looking forward to our reorganization meeting where we kind of map out the, the new year or at least the first six months of it uh, come January um, and, and look at what our goals are, our, you know, anything that we have to tweak and a little bit of, uh, you know, event planning for the, for the first, at least the first six months of the year. We kind of look at our calendar and, and see what we want to do. Wow. That is an incredibly awesome uh, um, way to have spent your time, and uh, I'm looking forward to when our vessel here gets structured and organized and we're participating in activities uh, and running activities all over the place as well. We're looking forward to that as well. I know you guys will do, you know, will do very well. Well, thank you. Uh, and uh, I'm really looking forward to this uh, new journey we're on. I've been uh, bringing the uh, the crew uh, from the ship I'm putting together, and they've been talking on the air, and we've been kind of discussing uh, ideas and exchanging views, and slowly things are coming into shape. And now I'm looking forward to meeting the first person from uh, the USS uh, Challenger, uh, Todd Brugmans, who is your XO, I believe. He is actually our chief operations officer, uh, chief of ops, okay. and though he has uh, served as an XO on another chapter in the past, Todd is highly active. Uh, he's been uh, within Starfleet for a, a number of years and uh, has been on other ships, so he has a different perspective. You know, he's, he's, he was on the USS Highlander and then the USS Avenger, and thankfully he is a, a very active part of, of our chapter uh, and has been for the last year or so or two years and um, was instrumental in, in really helping to make our 30th anniversary a, a success. He designed our special 30th anniversary com badge for the, for the Challenger and helped with um, some of the decor of our party and has loaned out his art Ta- uh, talent uh, on on more than one occasion. So uh, awesome. and, and Todd's, Todd's just a very fun person. So it's it's great to have him with us. Hi, Bob. Hi, Hercules. Hi. Oh, glad <laughs> to have you here. Glad to, glad to be here. So, how did your journey uh, bring you uh, to uh, Starfleet? Were you interested in Star Trek uh, from a very young age? I've been I've been interested in Star Trek since age five. Um, wow. You know, I started watching wow. the I watched the animated series um, back on back when it was even in reruns. Um, I wasn't old enough to catch them, to catch them in their first go round, but uh-huh. uh, I've I've been actively involved in uh, Star Trek related fanhood for over twenty five years. 
Okay. And um, my uh, my journey basically started initially with the USS Avenger, and then I kind of lapsed in membership because I was only 17 at the time. And um, maybe a few years later, I wound up joining a chapter down in Maryland. I lived in New Jersey. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was making the I was making the trek. Uh, That's quite a trek, yeah. All the way to uh, to Maryland to go to the regular meetings. Um, I've been in. I yeah, I've, like I said, it's uh, it's been about twenty five years that I've been actively involved in some way, shape, or form with uh, Starfleet. Um, I was I was the the XO of the Avenger for the better part of three years. Uh, uh-huh. Before that, I'd held the communications chief position. And um, for the most part, what I've been doing is I've been contributing my artwork to the uh, logo design for ships within the fleet. Wow. Uh, I've been also doing um, some cover arts for conventions down in the Baltimore area. So I've I've been doing that for the past 15 years. And uh, I have, wow. I've, I've got quite I've got quite a display wall to put it. You know, you can see it on my Facebook page. Wow, I will definitely but, check uh, that out. And uh, when we're ready to design uh, logos and things like that, I know who to contact first. You can tap me on the shoulder anytime you want. Oh, fantastic! And so um, you you sound like someone who is immersed in Star Trek. How immersed are you? Uh, like Star Trek influences the lives of everybody that it touches. Uh, and if you're in a Starfleet organization, it touches you more than it touches uh, most. Um, what inspires you about it? What draws you into it? And, and how dedicated are you to it? To sum it up in a, in, in a nutshell, it's the IDIC, the Infinite Diversity and Infinite Combinations. Yes. It's, it's that open it's that open feeling that of acceptance that uh that the universe brings um from from the Star Trek universe. And it's it's really um that kind of an idealism that I can get my head around. It's 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 part of how I how I live my life. Uh-huh. Yeah, I can be judgmental. Yeah, I can be judgmental. I I'll freely admit, but okay. there are um you know, there are more times than not that I, I actually adopt the IDIC idea and um, try to embrace the ideals of what what it would be to be a Starfleet officer. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, it's one of those it's one of those things that I enjoy uh, being able to create and share with other friend uh, other people that have like interests. And um, it's, it's an opportunity for me to be able to um, contribute in whatever way I can toward spreading this even further. Okay. So you're, you're dedicated to the ideals of Roddenberry, and that's what inspired uh, um, all of my interactions with uh, Star Trek fandom and this uh, a particular uh, activity uh, more so than uh, most in that uh, here I want to really openly and actively uh, engage in uh, uh, socially relevant and helpful to people and planet activities. Uh, before, when uh, I was involved in uh, um, 
Star Trek and Starfleet, uh, we did uh, Klingons. You know, we were Klingons, space barbarians, and uh, we had a great time. Uh, and there, too, we got involved in blood drives and all sorts of other activities, but they were kind of like woven into the fabric of what we were doing uh, theatrically. We did guerrilla theater at uh, conventions uh, long before it became fashionable to uh, do so. Um, but uh, this time, it, it, the, the focus is a little bit uh, different. Uh, I'm older now. I'm 60. <laughs> so I'm not as wild and barbaric as I used to be back in the day. Well, I like I liken the Klingons to being the Scotsmen of the universe. So. Okay. <laughs> Because they, they know how to drink, they know how to party, and they have a good time at doing it. Okay. <laughs> That's a very unique perspective. I have to remember that. <laughs> now, well, you know, um, I, I, am a, I am of Scottish descent, so it's, uh, it uh, kind of it resonates with me in that respect. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've woven my culture, uh, both its archetypes and stereotypes, into uh, you know, just about everything I do as well. So I understand. <laughs> well, Hercules, Todd has one other thing in common that you and I have. Okay. Through fandom, through fandom he came across and, and met his, uh, his beloved and his, you know, who became his oh, wife. Oh, great. That's a story I'd love to hear. Well, that's um, that is uh, basically how that came about was actually through challenge one of Challenger's food fests, and I wasn't even a member of the Challenger at the time. I had dressed up in Monster Maroon uniform, and uh-huh. uh, I had I'd been pictured uh, in an article in the local newspaper, and uh, my uh, my my wife she was looking at the newspaper she'd recently divorced. And uh, she happened to see that there was a club in the area that does Star Trek stuff. And she looked at the, at the article, she looked at the photo, and she's like, well, maybe I'd be interested in, in getting, to, get, getting to know these people. So she came out to oh, some wow. of the meetings. Um, she, came, she came to the one person's house, and they, and they were telling her all about me as a, as a member of the Avenger on, in New Brunswick. And... Uh, well, uh, she she had heard a story that I had gotten married. I'd moved away to England, uh, so she's thinking that you know there's not a chance in hell that they're going to meet up with this guy. And uh, turns out that yeah, I got a divorce, and then he came back to the United States, and then we got we, they managed to um, work us together. They they uh, they arranged a meeting, so uh, we got to we you know started off slow. And uh, we developed our relationship in, in the natural way. It took, it took about uh, 12 years for me to actually pop the question. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we, uh, we married at a Renaissance festival, of all things. Oh, that is awesome. My, my wife and I got married in Honesdale um, and, uh, in barbaric uh, splendor. Uh, and uh, we did it a justice of the peace, and people who were around the area saw us and asked us what we were doing. We told them and asked if they can come to the wedding. So we had, um, other than uh, a small fa- uh, gathering of family, we had total strangers <laughs> attend our wedding for the most part. <laughs> yeah, we, we had one of the performers from the New York Renaissance Fair and the New Jersey Renaissance Fair actually get himself ordained 
to serve as our uh, our our officiate. That is so cool. That is fantastic. Now, uh, unofficially, I want to get to know you. You sound like a really interesting person, and I'm sure we'll be friends. Uh, but officially, um, how would I be interacting with you within this uh, co- context for Starfleet? I'm not quite sure I understand the question. Oh, okay. In addition to interacting as uh, human beings here in the 21st century um, in the United States on the Northeast Coast, because I'm sure our paths will cross, um, and I'm sure you'll be on the show uh, some more, um, in, the, in the context of the uh, Starfleet story we'll be telling at some particular point, um, how would I officially interact with you in your position on the Challenger? Well, I hold the rank of Rear Admiral at present. I okay. am. Uh, to correct your I have, I have, I, have uh, I have previously served as a member of the Executive Committee of Starfleet International. Okay. Um, I was once the Commandant of the Academy. Okay, and, I'm going to be um, entering the Academy soon. The uh, let's see. So, in, in an official capacity. Um, I can just about answer just about any question that you'd like to put to me. Um, I really don't have any 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 particular areas that I'm, I'm not familiar with. But uh, you know, I'd be I'd be I'd be lying if I said I knew everything. Okay, I have tons of questions, and Bob, jump in at any time to expand upon the uh, answers. Um, Okay, I started organizing people together, and I have like a concept. It's a little fuzzy, but it's it's getting clear as we're moving forward, and I get to hear, you know, what everybody's into and what they bring to the table and what they hope to get out of uh, this uh, experience we're taking. Um, but you know, in terms of uh, uh, structure, I've submitted my name and I believe six more names. I've lost track of who. So there's uh, some confusion still. How would I find out who the people whose names I submitted are? Because I neglected to record them. <laughs> I, I know most of them, but I, I might be. Well, I know. I believe they are on. Currently, they're on uh, Challengers roster. And once your paperwork, you know, and and we'll be helping you with that because I know that's something that that is like the next phase. Um, okay. That we'll be submitting that, and you'll be. Uh, a a ship in training, you know, to take the, the fictional aspect of it. It used to be years ago it would be referred to when Challenger was forming. Um, we were, you know, many moons ago, 30 years ago, we were a shuttlecraft. Yes, uh, I remember and that. that. Um, and a few years ago, the, the, the terminology and all it was was, you know, the terminology of it uh, kind of shifted to the the training crews, you know, as as was referred to in Star Trek: The Motion Picture, the little training crews, and uh, which is you know kind of a more accurate description because you'll be a a, a ship uh, in in training, and uh, yeah, because uh, you start off as a very crowded little shuttlecraft, and all of a sudden blow up into a full size starship. Yeah, that's yeah. a neat trick. Okay. <laughs> Which uh, I think I shared the story that um, at that time we were when we came off the Avenger, we were the shuttlecraft Discovery, and we couldn't uh-huh. be yes, the U.S. Discovery. Uh, 
because at that time, and I think there still is a USS Discovery, uh, which is fine because we're very happy to be the USS Challenger. Um, so that was one of the things. Um, but but as Todd said, yeah, we, we kind of grew very fast. And, uh, you know, we had um, we had looked, you know, quite a bit of what we wanted to do and, and what our own structure was using Avenger as a comparison because it was really, well, for me it was the Avenger and the Constitution which preceded the Avenger. Um, and, you know, what, what things we wanted to do differently, what things we wanted to, to retain. Um, and, and one of the things that even led us to want to branch off is that, um, you know, geographically we were much closer, you know, uh, to, you know, to the base of Ocean and Monmouth County. Uh, uh-huh. Those two counties. And, and, you know, maybe because of my, you know, my job at the time that brought me into – uh, a lot of organizations and, and municipalities and, and events uh, like parades and things like that, especially with Seaside Heights, which ironically has been our meeting place for most of our 30 years. Um, we saw opportunities to get involved with, with things. Um, so we, we very quickly became, a, a, you know, connected to our community, um, you know, and, and, and found ways, including, you know, a, a meeting place, um, you know, early on. So, uh, you know, and I, and I have a feeling the same thing will happen with you because you've got lots of connections uh, within your, your towns. Uh, so, you know, uh, from the library and, and, and other, you know, um, things that you can connect the club to, to, to as far as uh, events and things like that. So, um, Almost that's how it was. With us. That's uh, already uh, started that process. Um, yeah. We're going to be at the Crestville Public Library, which is town uh, one town over, um, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have a monthly meeting. Um, I'm I'm already the friends of the Crestville the friends of the Crestville Public Library. I'm the president. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. and we have like a grant writing uh, meeting that we have frequently. Uh, so all of this is being woven in. Um, but we're going to have on the days that we have the meeting uh, science fiction books available, like inexpensively, and the sales will go towards uh, the library. So that's one of the first the causes we're going to take, you know, to keep the library going with uh, with our activity. Um, that's and fantastic. That's there's a whole great. list of things beyond that. So uh, we're going to tackle one at a time. <laughs> so that's the first one. Get the club organized, uh, meeting there uh, monthly. Um, have uh, it's going to be recorded and broadcast as well. Um, and this way we're, we're open to the community. We'll be very welcoming, whether people can join us in person or not, there'll be a way of uh, communicating. And this uh, hour, um, henceforth, uh, the third, uh, uh, these two hours, rather, uh, the third uh, Monday of each month will be Starfleet and only Starfleet. So we're going to get to meet a lot of people cool. in the show, too. And the first hour, you and I, Bob, will be together uh, with whatever guests you'd like to invite. And the second hour will be basically people from the ship or people involved in the local club. And we could blend the shows, too, every now and then, where we all get to oh, talk about it. So cool. I look forward and, to that. 
Me too. Me too. And there's more planned, but uh, I'm in t- I'm in temporal reality, so I can only do one or two things at a time. But uh, those two <laughs> steps are well taken care of. Um, and uh, my next question is, in terms of uh, story, um, I like the uh, concept of the queue. We talked about that in the previous uh, show, and I'm educating myself mm-hmm. about the queue. I got the collected novel that had all the novelizations in it, and the uh, um, the episodes the queue was in. There was a collection of those as well to familiarize myself. And I like the concept of a temporal agency mm-hmm. uh, within Starfleet. So the same thing, I got the collection of uh, those as well. So as I educate myself and refamiliarize myself uh, with the mythos, uh, the, the, the concept will be a combination of that and, you know, Greco-Roman and other mythology. You know, there'll be a story attached to it explaining uh, who we are and what we do. Uh, so uh, are there restrictions on the type of story one can tell about uh, one's vessel as part of Starfleet? I do not believe so. I mean, I know that earlier in our own history, um, and we started off in, the, in what was then referred to as the movie era, you know, the, the, the 23rd century, uh, you know, concurrent with the Star Trek movies of, of that time, um, for our first five years, in fact, our, you know, during our anniversary, we had shown off some of our prior logos, uh, uh-huh. and some, some people didn't even realize that we were, uh, you know, a constitution two class chapter and we had our own, you know, we had our own background story. Um, uh-huh. but we started around the time of next gen and we didn't know, you know, we, we obviously couldn't pattern ourselves after that because it had just started and, and we weren't sure, you know, how it was going to go or anything. But then, um, you know, during that period, we had a, a growth spurt of a lot of younger members who were drawn in by the new show as opposed to, you know, and we had a nice blend of older fans like myself who came into it through Star Trek Classic and those who really loved uh, Next Gen and we decided after five years to, uh, to change the, the logo. And thus, the, our, our storyline, which we kind of did a time jump uh, and ended up with a, a galaxy-class ship along the way in a very, you know, long, complicated story um, that would appear in, at first it appeared in uh, a few pages of our um, uh, bi-monthly newsletter, and then we created for a short time uh, a, a publication called Challenger Chronicles that would come out, I think, quarterly uh, that would focus on, um, you know, more lengthy stories, fictional stories. Now, nowadays, I mean, it, you know, fictional stories and, and that sort of uh, situation can be incorporated into your website or even your Facebook right. page. You know, like things, I think we spoke once about how the days of, you know, seeing tables filled with fanzines at yes, the yes. conventions like, like our shore leave that we go to in Farpoint, you know, uh, the, those days are kind of gone, but those, that doesn't mean the fanzines are gone. They're just, they're just not in, you know, prevalent as, in hard copy as much. Uh, because everything is done online. So, you know, there's there's less expense involved in, in printing them up and, you know, stuff like that. And it's, it's you know, it, it, it actually 
has added to a whole other avenue for people who have, you know, uh, an interest in the fictional aspect of, of things and writing about it. Um, so, That's an, so an added dimension that helps. Uh, I, I remember those uh, the stories used to unfold in uh, books as well. Uh, I remember when I first uh, got into the fandom, like around like the dawn of the uh, next gen, um, we we made we got involved. I believe after um, Star Trek Star Trek Three. Um, and then we really got into it around the time that the next gen uh, was uh, launching. And uh, back then, when I first uh, got into it, uh, it was kind of like you met with people, you interacted, then you wrote about it, and uh, it became yeah. like a yeah, like like a club, like a club activity could be uh-huh. tr- transformed into a whole fictional uh, thing. I, I, I remember right. once. Um, we did, uh, I don't know, something as, as mundane as, as, a, and as a fundraiser for the first aid squad for a car wash, and yet we trans, you know, we, we, we made that into a fictional rescue operation. You know, maybe uh, yes, because yes. of the first aid squad connection, we were on a planet that had, uh, had been hit by an ion storm or something like that, you know, and, and uh, conventions could turn into a visit, uh, you know, the convention could be a, well, Farpoint, for example, was a space, you know, was a star base, a space station. So yeah. going to Farpoint, the convention was visiting Farpoint as we saw it in, in the, in the first Next episode generation. of Next Gen. So it had a built in fictional aspect right there. Um, you know, so, you know, your, your, your imagination really is, you know, I would want to. I'd say the sky's the limit, but the galaxy's the limit. I mean, um, chapters. Well, it's, profound, it's 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 profoundly expanded, even with the online gaming situation nowadays. They've got uh-huh. so much, so so much diversity now, and they and they've added you know whole new designs of ships, whole new ideas and storylines, and and even that is considered part of the canon. So it's it's one of those other things. I know one of one of our current chapters is considering using an online uh, sh- a ship for its uh, for its logo going forward. But uh, very cool. Yeah. So it's it it can it can you you could choose that time. You could go all the way back to Enterprise days, or you could go even further back to Discovery days. I mean, we've got a lot of a lot of options that are out there these days. And talking about discovery, um, I was informed by Bob that uh, you're the person to speak to about this new series. I haven't seen any episodes. I've seen clips on YouTube, and uh, Bob has described uh, some of the things that uh, he's seen. Can you give us an idea of discovery? It's, it's, it's been a very controversial show from what I can gather from reading and watching clips. It has been controversial largely because it, it does not adhere to the standard Roddenberry format. Um, This is a show, this is a show that's, that's presented rather dark actually, because the whole thing starts out with a war against the Klingons and the, the story just starts, it starts off with that battle that winds up shaping the rest of the season. Um, And then you finally, you find out at the end of the 13 episodes 
what exactly was going on, or actually 15 episodes, I'm sorry, um, you find out why all of this came to pass and why it all came together, and you, you finally get a resolution that this is actually a Star Trek show by the last episode. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those things that you have to hang on, and some things are not going to be comfortable, but there are, there are ideas that are presented to this show which are really flashy, really new, different, different ways of doing things. Um, visually, it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, it's um, beautiful. It's shot so they, well. They have done such a fantastic job rendering all of the ships and all of the, the concepts. They haven't quite worked out the Klingons, but they're going to fix that for season two. Um, they, had, they had taken some liberties with regard to introducing a new show, um, uh-huh. the showrunner the showrunner wanted to do something altogether different with makeup. He wanted to do something altogether different with the props and the uniforms, um, but it works. And they're they're still insistent that it is going to wind up jiving with the Prime Universe, which is Kirk and Spock in uh, the '60s television series. So the way that they're going to be doing that is during the next season, they're introducing the Enterprise under the command of Captain Pike. And Spock is on board. And there's an, there's an entire storyline. Uh, you can catch the trailers online now. They just introduced the third trailer for the new series. And um, it looks absolutely astounding. Uh, I think that they're going to surpass what they've done in season one, and uh, they're actually going to bring even more fans in on the second season. Wow. I I heard that they're doing the menagerie um, and uh, showing, like, that from a different perspective, like what happened. I'm not entirely sure that that's exactly true, um, but they uh, they could possibly be teasing at that toward the end of the se- of the episodes. Uh, the, this season starts January 17th, and uh, that's going to be 14 episodes that are going to run straight through. Uh, they're going to be watching. We last season last season we got. Um, the episodes were split, and uh, they waited several weeks before they introduced the second half of the storyline. Um, then they started teasing at Mirror Universe activity. They started teasing at some other things that are becoming, uh, that, that have been known throughout Star Trek lore for decades. Um, there's a section or 31, the covert operations yes. section of, of Starfleet. Um, that's been hinted at. Um, there are there are things that happen that uh, actually is it, it is a wild ride. It's a dark series. I will freely admit that. But um, they do some fantastic things, and then when they finally bring it to the to the end to resolution, the the chant "We are Starfleet" means something, and it means everything to every member of Starfleet. Wow, that and is comforting to know, because I, I wasn't very, uh, um, the, the, what I'd heard wasn't very appealing to me, so you just made it very appealing, so I'm looking forward to seeing it now. Well, something that I would recommend just giving, I would recommend giving it just the once over, um, 
I know season one is available on discs now. If you can't get the get can't get the online access, uh, so it's it might be a Christmas gift in, at the, that you can get. Um, so that's that's one option that you can do and, and explore. Uh, what they've also been doing for the mm-hmm. past several months is they have been running little snippets, which are like ten to fifteen minute episodes. They've been doing one a month until they get to the release date of uh, January 17. And these are the, uh, the discovery shorts. They focus on one character and they, they flesh them out just a tiny bit and they give them their own little mini adventure. They've been fantastic. Bob, and it's Bob, such, a great, such a great way. I, I couldn't believe just how much story they are able to, on average, to pack into 10 to 15 minutes and what the kind of insight that they give to, to some of the established characters, their background. Uh, the first one, Runaway, which, which premiered in, on October 4th, focused on Ensign Tilly. Um, and uh, the second one, Calypso, uh, that came out in November, uh, focused on... Um, kind of a standalone situation uh, on board the, uh, you know, the deserted ship uh, discovery and just had such a, you know, such an impact. That one didn't even have characters really from the show, but it was just a great story. Um, And the most recent one is the brightest star, which focused on uh, Saru and, um, you know, Saru, Saru, For for the benefit of Hercules, Saru is one of those, uh, the alien who's basically the one who's analyzing human behavior. Okay. Every Star Star Trek show has one of these characters. Yes. Uh, He is a a character which is uh, from a race called the Kelpians. Um, They are a prey race. The, the, um, his, his, his entire mindset has been living in fear of a predator and he manages to, to go past that instinct and reaches out to a larger universe and becomes a member of Starfleet. And it's one of those, it's one of those growth moments that you see throughout the run of the series, but the, the episode, the brightest star, they showed it for 50, it was a 15 minute short that began on December 6th. And the episode was basically establishing he's the only one of his kind that will ever become a Starfleet member at this time. Hmm. Yes, you're right. That that is uh, the outsider's perspective is something that uh, Star Trek incorporates into its uh, uh, voyages, and also the uh, um, you know the the student of uh, humanity trying to understand what we're all about and perhaps be more like us. Uh, that is another uh, perspective. Spock, Data, just two examples. The Hollow Doctor for another. Yes, yes, the Hollow Doctor. Yes, yes, yes. We do have a familiar name that runs throughout the uh, Discovery universe. Uh, Harry Mudd is actually part of the series. That, that I've heard. Uh, how did they integrate him? Was that done well? Harry Mudd oh. is basically a, an opportunistic um, 
he's he's one of these people who do, who who's uh, a, basically a cutthroat kind of guy, and he does some pretty nasty things to the Discovery crew, more out of revenge than anything else because he got left with the Klingons. So it's one of it's one of those characters that you kind of love to hate him. Okay. And um, I mentioned I mentioned him particularly. He's he's played by Rain Wilson from the uh, uh, what is the it? Office. He, he was the Office. Yeah. Rain Wilson. Okay. And and uh, he does a fantastic job as the character. Uh, brings a new de- new degree of of evil cunning to Harry Mudd that we hadn't seen previously. Um, Roger C. Carmel can never be replaced, but no. I'll tell you what, this guy is, this, this guy is doing some, some fantastic work with the role. Um, I mentioned him because he is the fourth featured, uh, discovery short in January 3rd. Oh, wow. I'm looking and forward to that. Where can you access these? Shorts? I'm sorry. CBS access. Yeah. CBS, CBS online. Yeah. Okay, so they're, they're, they're free if somebody wants to check them out, or do you need to pay a subscription to to view them? Yeah, you, uh, you now have to. You have to, you have you? to pay for the the service. Yeah. I I believe the best thing that you could do right now is you could actually um, check it out for free and see whether or not you're interested. You could watch the you binge watch the entire first season of the show and the short treks that have currently shown um, and then decide whether or not you want to go ahead with a subscription for next year. I, I will definitely yeah. check it out. I'm sure, I'm sure they're on you who uh, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, uh, YouTube and other places as well, or bits and pieces of them are this way I can uh, um, expand my knowledge. And uh, now that the first season is available on DVD, uh, I got my eyes open for that uh, as well. As soon as it uh, um, gets to a certain price range, I will scarf it up. Sure thing. And the next uh, short track that will will be featuring Harry Mudd, Rainan Wilson, um, he's even directing that episode. Um, Oh, wow. So it, you know, it basically describes it as he's Harry Mudd's back to his old tricks of stealing and double dealing, finds himself in a precarious position aboard a hostile ship, just in time to try out his latest con. So it, <laughs> it sounds like, you know, vintage, vintage Harry Mudd, and um, he's up to his old tricks. Yeah. That sounds fascinating, and uh, I liked uh, the clips that I saw from uh, the following season, and uh, the actor playing uh, um, April is excellent as well. Yeah, he was actually on the um, the short-lived series, the uh, Inhumans, on uh, ABC. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's right. He played Black Bolt, uh, and he did a remarkable job. I know that show was not is very well received, but I watched it because I'm a big Marvel comics. Well, I'm Me also too. a big DC person too. And, you know, for, a, for, a, for that role, Black, uh, Black Bolt doesn't speak. So, you know, he had to do a lot of emoting without voice. Um, so, uh, you know, I, well, I'm I really actually enjoy, I enjoy the fact that he talks this time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, if he can do 
as well as, you know, without speaking at all as Black Bolt, he'll do fantastic as uh, as Captain Pike, you know. We, uh, we've seen Spock in uh, in this new, in the, in the new trailers. And he's yes. played by the grandson of Gregory Peck. And um, so we, we have some, uh, there's a person who's got some, some history of the acting chops in his family. And uh, it, he, he has the right cadence when he speaks. So I'm actually very much looking forward to seeing this Spock in action. Yes. Zachary Quinto, I believe, nailed Spock uh, in the uh, uh, other universe uh, stories. Uh, he did a really good job with Spock, although, again, it was a slightly different Spock than uh, uh, that was on the original television shows and in the movies and on The Next Generation. Oh, the That's true, was and I think I think we're going to see yet another new Spock in in the respect that if you remember all the way back to the cage, we had a Spock that was a little bit more emotional, and yes. I think that there's a I think that there's a reason for that in this new trailer that we're seeing where Spock is smiling and he admits to smiling, and there is there is, there is kind of like a a devil's advocate kind of look in which he's 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 amused that they're going to be going into danger it i remember mm. reading back in the day that uh, uh at that time uh, spock was exploring emotions and things you know, like that and, and trying to understand uh, uh those aspects of his being by actually allowing them to uh Express themselves, so it could be that they went back to that idea, or they came up with a, a newer one. So one of one of the other things that I've re- I've been doing is I've been reading the books that accompany this season of, of Discovery, uh, okay. and the, the 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 books are written by some um, veteran writers from the Pocket Books days. Um, fantastic stories in their own right. They also explain why there is a difference in the uniforms from the blue uniforms that you see the Discovery crew wearing. That's supposedly an older version of the Starfleet uniform Mm -hmm. versus the classic blue, red, and gold uniforms that are worn by the Constitution class crew. My understanding is from the reading of the books that the new uniforms and the new technologies were offered to these the Constitution class ship crews only at first, okay. and then they started expanding it to a more universal use at uh, at a later date. How does Enterprise fit into uh, Discovery uh, in terms of uh, the timeline in the Prime uh, Universe? Is Enterprise still in the Prime Universe, or? Because, um, like, Marvel has forgotten about a lot of the TV shows. And they're, even though they were originally intended to be part of the Marvel Universe, uh, they're no longer considered uh, canon. Uh, what is the case with uh, Enterprise and uh, uh, the Kelvin Universe and uh, the Star Trek canon? The Star, the Star, Trek, Discovery, Star Trek Discovery and the Prime Universe are supposed to be in the same, the same world. Okay. And... Um, we're going to be meet, we're going to be introduced to number one, who's played by Rebecca Rebecca Romaine, and um, you know from uh, from this from the X Men uh, films franchise. Mm-hmm. The, um, so we're going to be we're going to be introduced to 
characters that have been established as part of the prime universe from the pilot episode. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if somewhere along the line they might introduce Scotty. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I could see that happening. Now, Bob and I have talked about this, and uh, I guess uh, I will uh, ask these questions to you. What's what else is going on? Uh, I've heard of a uh, um, a Picard focused show where he may not be uh, uh, still in Starfleet, but uh, kind of uh, retired. Uh, and uh, I've heard that it might actually take place in another universe uh, with a different timeline. Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, when Bob and I were last talking about Discovery, we weren't sure if there'd be a second season or not. Uh, but I'm glad that there is. What else is uh, uh, coming to us uh, via Roddenberry's brainchild? There are currently three projects that are worked out. We have um, the Picard series. Not a lot of details are known about it, save that they're going to premiere it around this time next year. Uh, they don't. They haven't announced any other additional cast. They haven't announced whether or not they're bringing back any of the next generation cast. But they are, they are proceeding along. They, they uh, are looking at doing something by the end of next year. The second project they've got going on, which is probably going to come out around uh, September timeframe of next year, is an animated television series called The Lower Decks. Okay. Uh, these are half-hour episodes, and it's going to be focused more or, le- more or less along the next generation style. Um, it's a comedy series, and it's created by the people who presented Rick and Morty. Okay. So um, the the humor uh, is probably going to be pretty base, but I think it's going. To, I, I think it might be entertaining. Um, this is another thing that's going to be coming to CBS online. All all three of these projects. There's also a talk about having the character Captain um, Captain Giorgio, who is the captain in uh, one of the ships. In Discovery. Okay. And uh, she's going to have her own series in her own exploration of Section 31. Okay. So that's that's the third project we've heard about so far. And uh, how about the grittier Star Trek uh, that's uh, supposedly coming out? The the new and improved uh, grittier Star Trek. uh, That was being talked about. uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, spearheading that. I I don't know if we're – I don't know if we're ever going to see that at this point. Because right now, before Tarantino's vision, even even if that should happen, we first have to get through the – current uh, envisioned project for the Kelvinverse, and right now that's kind of at a standstill. Uh, I, I believe it's still in, in, you know, still being planned, but right now it doesn't have a, doesn't have Chris, Chris Pine or uh, Chris Hemsworth. Or Hemsworth, and yes. Chris Hemsworth could be written, you know, rewritten, but you can't really do 
Star Trek without, you know, without Captain Kirk, at least in that format. Um, and I, I really don't think that recasting uh, Captain Kirk at this point would be a good idea. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that we hear something in the new year of, of something positive that, that Chris Pine is uh, back on board on the project. If not, I don't know how, how it would proceed. Yeah, the Kelvin universe, I was following all the media for that, the books, the comics, uh, not so much the comics as the graphic novels that they'd assemble um, once the comics came out. Uh, but when they did the Green Lantern crossover, <laughs> they kind of lost me, and I stopped uh, following it. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Star Trek, and I love the comic book world, and there uh-huh. has been some entertaining stories, but I don't know how I feel about the mix. I mean, I, I remember re- once picking up a copy of uh, the classic Trek meeting the X-Men. I remember uh, that. You know, um, I, 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 I kind of like my world, you know, segregated, you know, when it comes to that respect. I like the comic book world in the comic book world, and I like my Star Trek in my Star Trek world. You know? um, well, right, right now they've got a Star Trek Transformers crossover. Yeah, that's something new coming out. I think you I'll know. pass on that. Um, yeah, okay, well, I can't say I'm excited about that. What I, personally, what I'm most excited about is whatever they just, uh, they do with Captain Picard. I, I'm really yes, looking forward to that. Kind of the next generation of the next generation. Um, you know, because I'm sure that along with Picard's story, we will uh, find out what has been happening with Riker and Troy and the Titan and, and hopefully uh, Wesley Crusher. And, you know, we'll find out what happened to all of the crew of the next generation uh, through, through the Picard series. Because I, I can't see how we would not get glimpses of, of what became of them. And hopefully we will see some of them, you know. I, well, I hope but... so as well. And our hour for today is nearing its close. Um, Todd, I want to thank you for joining us, and I look forward to the next time you're on the show. Would you care to share your contact information? Sure. My email address is scottsmuppet at gmail.com. It's uh, S-C-O-T-S-M-U-P-P-E-T at gmail.com. And uh, you can look me up under Todd Brugman's uh, on Facebook. And uh, I think that's pretty much it for the details. I can, uh, you know, once you private message me, then I can contact, give you more more information than that. Okay, awesome. And I will be private messaging you uh, sometime early in the new year to help uh, conceptualize the logo. I, I really am interested in that, and thank you for offering that. I've uh, I've got an entire gallery of logos. You're welcome to take a look through some of them just to get an idea how my artwork uh, shapes up. Fantastic. Thank you. And, Bob, it is always a pleasure and an honor to be interacting uh, with you. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Bob and I uh, interacted decades ago 
uh, when we were doing the uh, uh, Klingon thing, and uh, um, he was representing Starfleet back then. And uh, even before then, although I wasn't dressed in any costume or uniform, uh, I talked to him a few times when I attended conventions and Starfleet was there. So I've known Bob for a very long time, and I'm really glad that this uh, show has uh, allowed us the opportunity of uh, reconnecting. And uh, everything we've done so far is awesome. I'm looking forward to more awesomeness in the days uh, to come. Uh, Bob, would you care to share your contact information? Yes, and, and the easiest email to reach uh, me and, and the USS Challenger uh, is probably beam aboard, all one word, beam aboard at AOL.com. I have other email addresses, but that one seems like it would be the easiest to stick out in your mind. And you could always visit us and, and see what our upcoming events are and get gather information about us through uh, www.usschallenger.org. And, of course, you're always free to uh, friend us on Facebook at USS Challenger. In addition to your uh, Facebook pages, which I linked to in both yesterday's promo and today's, um, I've also included links to uh, District 7 in uh, Starfleet International, uh, to the USS Challenger's uh, webpage, and to your Facebook group. Is there any other place that either of you would like me to link to? Um, well, if you have linked to sfi.org, you know, the fleet itself, uh, region7.com, you said you already did. Um, yes. Those are all good places. Oh, one other one is uh, Starfleet GSS, which actually stands for Garden State Sector. Um, we have a Facebook page that is um, caters to the chapters of which we have four currently in New Jersey, and you'll be the fifth. <laughs> That's new to me. <laughs> Starfleet you know, it's, it's, GSS, one word or two words? It is, and I'll have it right up here, Starfleet GSS, which stands for Garden State Sector. Okay, I will join that today, it's and uh, this would be page. part of it. It's, 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 the Avenger, Justice, Challenger, and Storm are, are all part of it. Um, and, and it's a way that we kind of intercommunicate of, of uh, different, um, you know, activities within uh, New Jersey for Starfleet. Incredibly awesome. I will add that today. Thank you very much to both of you. Live long and prosper, and I'm looking forward to our next uh, interaction. Peace and long life. To you as well. Happy holidays, and we look forward to communicating in the new year. The same here. Thank you very much, Bob. Thank you very much, Todd. Um, we're going to listen Cheers. to David Bard's Merlin Am I, and then we'll be back for part two of today's show.
like the sun from his eyes His father, God of the earth Holds his mother in his arms as she dies That the island of Britain is Merlin. 
Greetings and welcome back to Voice of Olympus. This is our monthly Starfleet show. And in our next segment, we're going to be talking to the crew of our new exploratory vessel. Uh, we're going to be speaking with uh, Tina Chandler, Nicholas Dyack, Michelle Brittany, and Thomas Ponton. Let me activate them on the console here and uh, we can interact. Greetings and welcome, everybody. How are you? Uh, Okay, I guess what we'll do is we'll go in turn. Greetings, Nicholas and Michelle. How are you? Very good, Nick. Very good, Hercules. How are you this evening? Uh, Doing incredibly awesome. I'm looking forward to tonight's conversation. Our our last uh, conversation was kind of mind-blowing and opened up a whole universe of possibilities, so I'm sure that tonight's will do the same, and I'm glad you're here. Thank you so much. Very glad to be here, too. Tina, welcome. How are you? Well, I wish I could say I was doing as well as everybody else, but at least I'm above the ground and not worm food at the moment. Well, I I hope that things improve for you, but I'm glad that you're above ground and able to join us. (laughs) Um, Now, Tonight you're going to play a very important role in our conversation because you already belong to a... uh, uh, a Starfleet uh, chapter, the USS Odyssey. So I'm going to ask a lot of questions about that because as we structure our activity, bridge building with other groups and also uh, learning what they do so that we can explore whether we want to do it. Those are very important components of putting this together. So uh, you're very welcome here among us. And again, I'm glad you're above ground breathing and, <laughs> and well enough to come on the show. Thank you. And last but certainly not least, Lionheart, Thomas Pontan. Greetings and welcome back, uh, Thomas. Greetings and welcome from the Prilandian Empire. Oh, very awesome. Looking forward to learning about that as well. Now, for those who don't know, uh, when I first decided to become public again, um, Thomas is the first person who interviewed me on his podcast. And... uh, for a long period of time, that remained the definitive podcast if you wanted to know what I was all about and you know what I was uh, uh, starting to do. So I'll always be grateful uh, to Thomas for that. Uh, Thomas has been a guest on this show a few times, and now with our new uh, Starfleet uh, episode, he'll be on a lot more times. So thank you and welcome, Thomas. It's an honor and pleasure, Hurt. Hercules, um, you got to hook us up link to that podcast episode so we can hear it. Yes, uh, uh, Thomas, can you supply the link uh, uh, on my uh, Facebook page? And this way, uh, folks who want to listen to it can find out what I was doing while I was still in Pennsylvania. I I certainly can, yes. Thank you. Now, where would you like to start? I'll ask um, Thomas and Michelle uh, because uh, they're new to Star Trek fandom, and you guys are you know, very much involved in Star Trek uh, fandom. Uh, from the introductions, what would you like to find out about more, uh, a ship or an empire? We're going to find out about all, both of them, but where would you like to start? Well, I mean, uh, if you want, I can, I can, I'm glad to go first, unless you want to. <laughs> No, go ahead. Okay, so we will hear about the Palandrian Empire. The Pridelandian Empire, actually. Pridelandian, um, correct. Yeah, yeah. I play Simbaka Rafikin, who is the king of it. Um, 
the inspiration awesome. came from a couple sources, which obviously the name should give you a good indication of where that came from, uh, from the Lion yeah. King. Um, uh-huh. I, but it also came, but it also came from when I was growing up. I was watching a Nickelodeon. They reran the, the Star Trek animated series, and on there they had introduced the race, the the Cations, that feline race. There's like one of them yeah. that always took um, a horror spot. So the combination of those two eventually led to me to creating Simbakura Ficken, who leads uh, a one-world empire that's in the neutral zone that's of a, a race of animal-like people called animaloids that had once came from Earth during the eugenics wars. They left those sleeper mm-hmm. ships, and they found this one planet, and they formed a little kingdom, and, and they can do space flight and... And Simbaka has opened up to other worlds and has like you know major allies like with the Klingons, for example, and and has had different adventures and all this, all that, all that, all that stuff. Uh huh. That sounds uh, that sounds incredibly awesome. How does it unfold? Does it unfold uh, uh, through tabletop role playing? Uh, does it unfold through online gaming? Uh, through storytelling? It's done. To, it's done. It's been done over the years through storytelling and roleplay uh, chat room sites. Okay. Although I've also, ex- although I have also expanded on playing on uh, Star Trek Online as well. There's met. I've met oh, some good friends on there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you go to if you go to Quark's bar, there's always some good role plays that happen there. Like just like just almost just like it was in the old chat rooms. Now it's like you're actually doing it in 3D. So it's been interesting to kind of expand out, and especially the fact that the game takes place after the events of when Spock and Nero went into the black hole. That I've been able to add to my story about that, and it's it's been ever since growing. And 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 especially when there's people that create new alien races on that game that it's like, oh, there's my chance to beat the Flomix to this new alien race. So how would we, uh, within the context uh, of uh, gaming, um, how would we interact with you? I, I'm assuming you want to remain the king of this uh, empire. Um, mm-hmm. What type of story can we start thinking about that would allow us to interact with you? Well, I would say that it, that it, the relations with uh, the Federation has been kind of just mutual for the most part. So, in a sense, the Simbaku could be seen that maybe he was offered to see about diplomatic relations with the Federation, if that was possible. And okay. if this also, and if this is also about also about finding Apollo, as he has also had an interest in human history as well as you know like Greek mythology, that would also fascinate him just as much about is that. He had known about that how the Federation had met Apollo that one time, and like if this was the opportunity to try to find him again, he'd be all for it. Oh, that is awesome! So, can you and I start working on that story? How we met in this uh, um, in the in this uh, particular um, universe, and how we interacted? Because uh, part of the story that I had started telling like decades ago was. Uh, Hercules investigating what happened to Apollo, and that's how the whole thing uh, kind of started and led to over, uh, uh, I guess, 30 years of uh, diverse uh, creative endeavors, uh, some very visible and some not. But uh, um, I, I would love to explore this with you. Certainly, and I, I mean, I would, I could, I could just imagine it, seeing the fact that if here Hercules, Hercules shows up in the courtroom, and and here's everyone doing trench court scans, it's like he's human, but he's not, and it's like, you know, it's like oh, we have to confirm that you are you who you say you are, and 
and then just then go and like contact Starfleet and find out what had happened. It, it, it blows him off his mind. So that's something that's a story we can tell. I announced uh, today and I believe yesterday on Facebook that I'm going to wrap up the old role playing game that I had on uh, um, Facebook because we kind of left that in the last uh, chapter. Uh, mostly because uh, I got phenomenally busy and I just couldn't devote the time to it continuously, Uh, but I can now budget time to it. And if people enjoy it, um, I'm going to run a role-playing session like we did uh, before. For those of you who uh, haven't experienced that, it's kind of like I I post something once a week and then you guys respond. And then I look at the responses and I uh, um, put in an official version um, and of, of the events and then people interact with that and it just keeps going with uh, uh, a part of the story unfolding uh, every uh, month. Uh, does that sound like something you would like to experiment with? Uh, I know uh, Thomas, uh, he's back in, so uh, I have his answer. Um, Nicholas and Michelle, what do you think of attempting something like that? Because it's, it's a form of role playing. I don't know the other ones with the 3D um, Starfleet or anything. Uh, we'd be willing to give it a shot. I mean, well, I got a little bit of echo going on. Yeah, I'm losing you here on this end. I'm sorry to say that. No, uh, Michelle and I would definitely be interested in exploring it. Okay, so uh, I invited you guys in. Uh, if you accept the invitation. Um, by January, that'll start up again, so you can be part of that just to see if you like the format and uh, uh, the experience. Uh, what I plan on doing with that is once we're done with it and we're down to the final chapter, is re-explore all the material that's been posted and write it into a story. Uh, that was something they used to do decades ago in, with Starfleet fandom, so I've decided to bring that back. <laughs> okay, cool. No, so I'm a little behind on it. On uh, Facebook messages, so I'll get caught up and we'll uh, definitely accept. Okay, fantastic, um, Michelle. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm I'm very interested. I'd love to see how this works on Facebook. Okay, fantastic. And Thomas, uh, because you're hooked up with more modern ways of uh, interacting, um, you're going to be my uh, tutor once again. <laughs> and open up my mind to possibilities that uh, I can start exploring. And maybe we could weave uh, uh, more technically advanced things than like a revamped uh, PBEM type of uh, interaction. Oh, oh, of course. And, you know, one, one suggestion I could also make too is there's a program called Discord where you can make a server on there and then you can also make little channels in there, which would also, you can make the role play rooms and all that. Oh, fantastic. Uh, if you can send me that information, you and I will interact uh, by telephone, uh, and you can walk me through, and I'll experiment with that. And as, as I get proficient in using different tools, I'll throw them on the table, and we can play with them and see if we like them. Of course. And uh, let it just... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I've used it before, usually for, like, uh, other, you know, uh, gaming... I was going to say, uh, Thomas, did you ever use, like, MIRC or anything like that? Yeah, I've used IRC before in the past, too, yes. Uh, I put it old school, but it sounds like you come from that, uh, you know, flock of uh, RPGers. 
Oh yeah, I've I've done that too. But yeah, Discord has been like one of the more recent programs, and it's actually gotten to the point that it's starting to slowly but steadily replace Skype even. But oh, it's, wow. I mean, it's been used for it's been used for gaming, but it's been used for other purposes as well. That's come nice and handy too if you wanted to chat or role play or talk or anything like that. And it's just to create a server on that's very easy too. Speaking of Skype, uh, we can experiment with uh, Skype or Skype-like uh, applications as well. And instead of doing the once-a-week turn, we could have occasional games and record them and uh, put them on YouTube. Yeah, that would work too. There's actually now, in Discord. There's also where you can actually in the in the server. There's actually like a voice chat as well. Oh, okay. So we have options, and we can we can expand beyond uh, what has currently been uh, conceived. And Nicholas, it sounds like you're up to these things too. So I will ask you to also uh, be my guide as I venture in this new territory. Uh, I'll try my best. I've only used Discord kind of sparingly. I know a lot okay. of like uh, Go players use it and whatnot. A lot of uh, normal video game players use it when like playing like Call of Duty and whatnot. So I've used it to uh, you know kind of do chit chat with that. But yeah, I can help as best as I can. Now, um, Tina. Um, yeah. You belong to a Starfleet chapter already, and your husband is the admiral. That's what I got from the, the email you sent me. Um, can you explain about the USS Odyssey and its tale and what you guys are doing and how we can do something together? Oh, certainly. Um, going with the idea that you had regarding, you know, putting the idea out, people write around it, and we submit it and see what works best. That's how we started out, too. Um, the the NX-71832, the USS Odyssey, was commissioned just after the Founders' War started. And okay. It's named, of course, in memory of the Odyssey. And uh, this was um, had actually been an idea that my husband had put up. And what the USS Odyssey is a galaxy dreadnought ship. And she has okay. a little bit of technology that's not really allowed in Starfleet, but through another uh, treaty with the Romulans, she's the only warship, technical warship by Starfleet. She okay. has the phase cloak, and she has a dual warp system, one to power the phase cloak, the other to power the ship itself. And here comes my husband. He's walking in the room. He's saying, okay, you got all my secrets out. I'm going to have to kill you. Okay. <laughs> well, I hope not. Then you wouldn't be above ground to talk to us. You'd be below ground. Yes, and... I need to be above ground, Brian. Okay. Your, your, your secret is safe with me, I assure you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Well, anyway, um, we have, of course, all your types of different uh, species on board the ship. Brian, of course, he's human. Poor thing. <laughs> And um, his character actually served with James T. Kirk, but of course we had you know your old time warp quantum time quantum accident that happened, and he ended up near um, the time of DS9. So he had to go back to the academy where he met my character. And okay. Thomas, you and I really got to talk because uh, both of us are going to be thinking so much. Uh, my character, she is what is called a Miss Gosian uh, from Miskot. 
um, in okay. the planet where two there were two different species, and there was a terrible, terrible world catastrophe, technological war that took place on this world. And oh it was, um, yes, and to save the people of the planet that was left, they had to combine their DNA with the certain animals that originated on the planet. So basically, mm-hmm. um, every almost every Muscozine is different. I mean, you can have a two feline species as parents, but you could come up with a feline, a canine, a bird. It kind of doesn't matter. I mean, it, it's all the same. And during these wars, they decided that if they were going to go ahead with this, they had to change everything that they were doing. So there is a keep. There is a triumvirate of keepers. There is uh-huh. the keeper of lore. That is the person that is in charge of keeping the Muscosians on track with what they are in the past. You know, so they don't lose uh, in, lose themselves in touch of what they're becoming, what they're growing into by having that traditional path. Then there's one that is my character's family. This is the keeper of the stars. And they're the ones that we are looking beyond our planet. We're looking not only globally, we're looking um, system-wide. You're looking over universal-wide. And um, that's my family. That's I'm the keeper of the stars. But as someone, the first of uh, the Muscosians to be in Starfleet, where our species was contacted in a first contact situation. And since my clan was the ones that went out into space and did the mining and, and transported passengers to different parts of uh, the world that were still viable in our solar in our system, we, our, our family became the keepers of the stars. As in, we take care of all everything goes out of the stars or out beyond our planet. We take care of that. And then there's a, the head triumvirate that takes care of everything. It's the keeper of the spirit. And he or she is, um, they take care of everything. They take what the keeper of the stars, the keeper of lore, and she, he or she makes that decision for the people. And they are a telepathic race. And because they have that tel- telepathy, they have the animal link. They also have an animal bond mate. And to be able to live outside of their world, they have to learn to live without that bond mate. So that's something that they have to get used to. And uh, I'm, I'm, so, my character is feline in in nature. Okay, so that Thomas is, is as well. So okay, we have a race of uh, yes. felines. Um, okay, so we're get uh, along. <laughs> yeah, we'll get along. We're good. <laughs> now, yeah, Thomas's Thomas's was in Thomas's uh, t- uh, myths. Uh, that were weaving into this tapestry, uh, they were inspired by uh, certain uh, mythical tales in popular culture and uh, through his readings, but they're, they're a creative and unique uh, um, race of uh, beings. Is that true also for uh, this race that you're describing now? I'm sure it was inspired by other things, but this is something that came out of your creativity. It did also, but also came out of the episode Who Mourns for Apollo as well, because, you know, okay, we have the, the Grecians out there. We have the Greek gods. We have Apollo. We have Hercules probably going out there somewhere. We have Zeus probably throwing thunderbolts on some other planet. Why not the other gods of every type of pantheon? Okay. So we would definitely, just like we would fit into Thomas's uh 
uh, creative uh, universe who would definitely fit into yours because you have uh, these yeah. mythical figures, yeah. you have connections to uh, the larger Star Trek universe, and you also have co- um, connections to uh, the mythic dimension of that uh, Star Trek universe. Now, um, would you like to uh, be your current character in what you're doing, or do you want to create a new persona uh, to be on the vessel? Either way is fine, because I'm looking to uh, build bridges with existing groups and existing activities, uh, as well as exploring and creating our own um, Star Trek science fiction-themed uh, mythology, a, a, a playground that we can then creatively play in a variety of ways. I think I'd like to stay with the the character I have right now. Awesome. So Mm -hmm. with the story, what I can think of is as I'm trying to investigate what happened to Apollo, I hear that there's a vessel called the Odyssey. Uh, And because I'm Hercules and I'm Greek um, and Olympian, uh, I have to check that out. Maybe the Odyssey knows something. Odysseus was sly uh, and very intelligent. Maybe they possess some information that I need. Uh, And uh, as I'm interacting with the high muckety mucks at uh, Starfleet, you know, uh, like Bob, you know, um, of the Challenger, uh, I reach out to the Odyssey and uh, try to arrange a meeting and we could start the creativity going by exploring what happens at this meeting. How does that sound? We could play with it. That sounds sounds absolutely fantastic because that, that, wow. I'm already thinking of a few ideas, and and Maureen's speaking over some things in my head right now. The only thing is, um, it's very interesting the 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 relationship my character has with the admiral. He drives her nuts <laughs> all the time, like all okay. that. So I'm sure he, you're going to find a way to, pardon the expression, tweak the tail of of <laughs> Thomas's character in mind. So. And, and of course, you know, your husband is more than welcome to play. You know, he, he, the invitation You're is open. Simbanka so. is widowed, actually. It's a long story, but, you know, he'll be respectful, of course, in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, this is, this is incredibly awesome. And um, um, Nicholas has a um, interest in uh, planetary type adventures like John Carter of Mars uh, type of adventures uh, and the literature that that genre has uh, produced uh, and Michelle is our expert on mummies and Egypt and all things uh, um, arcane in that uh, department so uh, we have a lot to draw from there as we put together um, you know our adventure so you guys can be um, characters in the large Star Trek universe that we will be interacting with and we'll be contacting the same as like now uh, I'm working with District 7 to find our place uh, there. Uh, I will also be contacting and interacting with you and uh, I will see how you can help me on my quest to find out what happened to Apollo. Okay, that'd be great okay, because be um, my character uh, um, probably was on the Mitch. No, he was you know, technically his character I guess was still in Starfleet Academy. Is that character? Around during Apollo. Oh, his character was on Enterprise, so probably he does know where uh, Apollo went. Okay, good, good. So I, I can uh, definitely uh, get some information there. and Whatever information I get will be woven into our larger uh, <laughs> narrative, and uh, uh, more creativity will no doubt uh, ensue. Okay, that'll be great. Okay, that'll be great. And you're in the Ca- you're in the Carolinas, right? Florida. Florida. Okay, I'm sorry. 
and uh, and uh, um, Thomas, you're in Montana, right? I'm in North Dakota. North. <laughs> you're one state off. <laughs> I need to write. I need to write everything down. That's why I'm writing it down. Let me write it down too. So now, okay, Tina's Florida. <laughs> Um, Thomas is in North Dakota and uh, Nicholas and Michelle you're in California right no we're in uh, Utah seriously no we're (laughs) (laughs) we're totally kidding you're right we're in California you got it okay (laughs) but but I wouldn't put it past me to have uh, (laughs) what do you call it okay who has the transporter who's in charge of the transporters here (laughs) Yeah, I know my brain is uh, in, a, in an alternate universe where you guys are from someplace else. Their uh, universe. Okay, so how does that sound in terms of like a basic uh, premise? Um, I, I guess we'll go down. We'll start with Tina since she was uh, speaking last. How does that sound uh, as a starting point? That sounds like a great idea. Okay, fantastic. And are you going to, I invited you into the game that I was running on Facebook just to see if you like that format. So again, this is the last chapter. So whatever happens, happens. Uh, um, and, uh, but it's going to introduce, uh, it's going to bridge to our Starfleet adventures through multidimensional okay. time travel. So, you know, uh, I already figured out how we're going to do that. So that story will eventually lead to, you know, to the other uh, story that we'll be telling uh, now. So that sounds good to you? That sounds great. That sounds and great. if we get the story aspect or we're like a big publish or something, that sounds, out, that, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm I think so psyched. Uh, thank you to uh, Nicholas. Uh, and to um, um, a couple of other people, I've been getting published in anthologies. They suggested that, and I looked into it, and I, and I got an excellent opportunity to be part of a bunch of writers that I grew up admiring. So the universe was really generous uh, uh, with me on that. Um, so now I've seven of them have already been released, and I have writings in two more that will be released next few months. Uh, I had initially set the goal for I'll do 12 of them, you know, whatever comes up, and then I'll be a little bit more selective about what I'm writing. Uh, and uh, we'll be up to nine, you know, like in, in the beginning of 2019. So uh, this is a project I've tried starting various uh, writing projects. And here, thank you to uh, Michelle and Nicholas for sending me material. Uh, those are still kind of floating around because I was never able to direct them. But here I'm getting a good response. So uh, part of our activity will be publishing our stories to become part of our, our history. Wow. Okay. Onwards uh, to (laughs) Nicholas and uh, Michelle, who are not in Utah. (laughs) I'm sorry, Hercules. We have a camera over here. What's the question? where we are at this point, that basically uh, uh, people are either um, connecting with us through what they're already doing uh, that's Star mm-hmm. Trek related, uh, but finding connections, the ways we can weave our, our, the stories that we're uh, playing in together um, and uh, experimenting with this type of uh, role playing game to see if it resonates with us and if this is something we should uh, contribute. And then everything we do. 
leading towards the publication of whatever the adventures were up until that point so that we have a story that we're beginning to unfold. One that's connected to Star yeah. Trek uh, and may contain research on Star Trek or other types of science fiction um, as, you know, as part of the adventure. But we're going to be creating our own stories and telling our own story rather than being part of uh, uh, the television series, for instance. Oh, no. I, oh, I know no. We're, we're down for that. Sorry, I'll okay, probably fantastic. be lagging a little. Um, That's okay. I, I, I know that, that happened to me. I know that Michelle and I don't have like our own characters or any or any existing, you know, uh adventures or anything, but you know, we definitely want to be woven into the to the greater tapestry of it all. Fantastic. I I would be greatly honored uh if you guys were on the ship. Right now it's called the Pride of Olympus, but that's a title. I haven't. I have two names that I'm wrestling back and forth with, so it'll be one of those two names. Uh, but the, whatever name is decided for the actual vessel, that vessel will be the Pride of Olympus. You know, in terms of it being the flagship for uh, the Olympian Empire, I guess, or the Olympian, you know, whatever form of government uh, the Olympians uh, wind up having in this story. Um, so I'd be honored if you'd be part of my uh, crew and my bridge officers. Yeah, uh, I know we've uh, we got caught up and uh, accepted your uh, your invitations, and we're definitely down for being your Argonauts, dude. Fantastic. And that is one of the things, the Argo, because uh, I, I, I'm trying to uh, – my brain sees patterns that take years to unfold, um, but uh, I find that it confuses people if I don't stick to the same narrow range of things. So Argo is the, the one that's winning at this point. Uh, Thomas? Yes. Um, are you also in agreement that uh, th- this is a good point to be to spring uh, forth into creativity? Yes, I do yes, believe I so, do yes. Okay, fantastic. So to summarize, uh, I'm, I'm putting together a vessel. Um, right now it's us. Um, what do you call it? And uh, if you're not on the vessel, you're someone who's very important to the vessel, and maybe you can, uh, if you don't play the character currently playing, you can create like a supplemental character to be in like the away team missions, who's like a, an ambassador or an envoy or something, so that we can weave the stories together. And then the higher level stories will be you are who you are, and we'll interact on that level as well. Uh, that will be one of our um, means of interacting. Uh, this show will be another means of interacting. And then the stories we're going to be working on will be a means of interacting. So I think the first book will be how we came together and to tell that story. So I'm writing, as Nicholas and Michelle know, I'll, I'll write an introductory thing and send it to everybody who wants to uh, publish. And I've opened the doors to the people who are in the role-playing game if they want to play. And what I'll soon be doing is I'll be inviting people who are on my television show, inviting people who are on my uh, uh, previous uh, uh, set of uh, podcasts, inviting people to part of the uh, um, guerrilla entertainment that we did at conventions and see who else might want to play because they're familiar with other aspects of the story. And uh, I, I um, recently I found, or Athena found more accurately, um, a plastic bin with all my writings from the, the, those Star Trek days the, the, with the Klingons and everything. There's hundreds of pages 
of uh, written material that I can definitely um, edit and incorporate into what we're doing. Um, and uh, we have two independent researchers, uh, Nicholas and Michelle, who are always researching things. So I think with all of us, we should be able to, you know, basically have really exciting adventures and publish them. Uh, you know, I'm aiming for one in 2019, but I really think that once we pick up our pace, uh, we could be churning something out at least three times a year. Wow, yeah, that would be interesting. Okay, that's awesome. an interest. That's a really challenging goal to reach. Uh, and independent uh, researchers and authors, what do you think? No, we're definitely down for the end goals of that. I, I mean, I know that you'll probably have to do some uh, liberties not to step on anyone's IPs or anything, but oh, right. it's always fun to see uh, you know, involvement be able to create something, be it a book, a poem, or have it, you know, published as fanfic or something like that. So it'd be nice to, you know, be involved in such a, a big activity that sees, um, you know, aside for fun, camaraderie, you know, something also tangible come out of it as well. Yeah, I, I would like to, because back then we used to publish magazines and all sorts of things. So we used to do that back then. So uh, even though the technology is a little bit different and the opportunities are, are uh, certainly uh, much different than they were back in the day, uh, this was something that uh, uh, we were able to do with very simple computers, lots of ignorance, uh, but lots of enthusiasm. And we were able to put out uh, a magazine fairly consistently for years. So the, the basic skills are there. Uh, it's just a matter of translating them into this new uh, technological era we find ourselves in. And you know what? You've got lots of venues for it. There's Amazon print-on-demand, Smashwords print-on-demand. There's a lot of venues that you can, uh, you know, realize, you know, I would say document these adventures with. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, interacting with people at conventions as well. And in Utah, I'm sure they <laughs> I'm messing with you now. In California, they have plenty of conventions. So uh, uh, I'm sure that when we're there, uh, we can interact with more people and tap into more stories. Uh, I think that would be very exciting. I, I agree. Um, we do have a... a conventions here once in a while uh, in California, so I think that it'll be quite a bit of fun to represent our stories uh, down the road. I know we've seen a Star Trek costuming groups like at WonderCon mm -hmm. and uh, LA Comic Con and whatnot, so oh yeah, they're definitely down here. So this We have a, a couple of conventions up here. Go ahead. Yeah, we have a couple of conventions up here in Fargo, North Dakota as well. We have uh, CoreCon in in May, and then we have ValleyCon in October. And it's just, you know, it's a cross-party geek convention. But, you know, you see, like, the occasional Klingon or Orion show up there in cosplay now then, too. Now, cosplay, that's a great uh, topic, too. Um, how involved do you want to get involved in – how involved do you want to be with uh, cosplay? Uh, that is something Athena and I have been talking about. Because uh, uh, once this is up and running, we're going to start attending conventions uh, more uh, regularly. Right now, we're structuring the ship with uh, 
um, with Starfleet and, um, you know, going through the, the procedures for becoming part of uh, their story and their organization. Uh, but once that finished, we're going to be, um, you know, uh, attending things uh, much more often than we currently are. Um, and that's one aspect that I wanted to explore your views on. And the second thing is uh, once upon a time during one of my um, incarnations uh, into entertainment, uh, Athena and I had a, uh, um, a, like a e-radio drama called Barbarians in Space. And uh, it only lasted six episodes, but it was a lot of fun to do. So now the tools to do that much better are available to anybody with a mouse and the program. Uh, back then, we had to get everybody together, and we had the microphones, and we had to, you know, it was, it was incredible that we were able to produce any shows at all. But we produced a handful, um, and I'm planning on incorporating that into the continuity uh, as well. Um, but I'd love to do like a, uh, a cliffhanger-type uh, um, space opera with our characters uh, at some point. What do you guys think about that? I think that's going to be awesome. Not awesome, but Yeah, awesome. that would be wonderful. Okay, good. So I I'm going, if, I, if I may elaborate a little bit on the cosplay thing, um, since sure. Brian and I have been into this for eight <laughs> years, um, anytime we have an opportunity to don the uniforms and go out, that's what we do. Um, we've done cosplay, costume contests. Brian has held two Star Trek conventions here in Fort Myers. And it's a lot of fun to cosplay, especially when it's like your own characters. You go a little bit off off the um, off the genre, as they, as they put it. You know, if you, like, make your own things up, make your own characters up, it's so much fun. You, you see so much diversity, so much creativity in the Trek universe. And people, you know, they think, okay, we got to be the, the strict characters. But then you start seeing the other characters like uh, the Borg or Romulans, Klingons, things like that. We've been involved in, in, in some Klingon ceremonies with uh, one of the ships down here. And <laughs> it's been a lot, a lot of fun. And that would be so cool to, like, go up to one of these conventions. And, and that's another thing, you know, you, the people that have um, a group like our, that we're trying to form here, have tables and, and have their anthologies right there for people to read, to, to purchase oh, wow. and to read. Or um, like what you say with the, the space opera, things like that. If someone had um, some artistic talent, you know, you can have like a motion comic on, on YouTube or a, uh, a reading, as it were. And it just gets it out to so many other people. And um, I mean, at the time when about 20, 20 oh, oh, a good long time ago, about 20, 30, almost 30 years ago, um, Brian and I were pretty famous for our Romulan characters that we had down here in, in Florida. We were oh, the only oh. ones brave enough to dress as Romulans. It really irritated the Klingons to know it was wonderful to walk into a convention hall and have about 40 to 60 Klingons roaring at you and, and, and trying to say things in Klingon and watching them spew their teeth out of the hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I like that type of thing. I, I was involved in that type of thing years ago, and, and I would love to start uh, doing that again. That was always a lot of fun. You got to meet a lot of uh, uh, phenomenal uh, people. 
Um, and uh, as uh, you guys uh, probably know, Athena and I, uh, although our paths had crossed many times since we were 11 and maybe earlier, uh, we finally uh, connected when I was filming my uh, cable show um, at uh, one of the local conventions. And then uh, as we were exchanging mm-hmm. emails, we discovered that uh, she used to contribute articles to my uh, fanzine from years ago. So <laughs> I already knew her and I didn't know I knew her. So we connected uh, through uh, um, you know, fandom, I guess you would call it, uh, primarily Star Trek fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas, what do you think about cosplay and... Uh, the rest and uh, space I, opera. Yeah, I mean cosplay is fun. I mean, I did cosplay as, as Simbaka once for one of the conventions. Once, I mean, I had to explain who I was for people that would ask me. But I've done I've done cosplay before. I mean, this okay. last year I, I this last year I cosplayed as an Inkling from Splatoon. If you ever played that video game series, but and that no, was I just as did. fun. Everybody was. Yeah, it, that was fun. Everybody was able to recognize what it was and all that. But yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun thing to do when you can you can find you know like the stuff that especially if you're cosplaying as a character, mm-hmm. when you can go online, you find the things to put on, and and then people look at you like, hey, you're that. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> it's it's very <laughs> exciting. Yeah, it it, it is, and uh, Wiggle. It sounds like you had a lot of uh, fun with it, and. Um, Michelle and Nicholas, what do you think? Um, I definitely would be interested in playing. I haven't done it before, but I think once I get a character solidified um, okay. and start working towards uh, what the uniform would be and what I would look like in my flair, I guess, for lack of a better word, um, I definitely would be interested in representing the group uh, at some of the local cons here uh, by dressing up in uh, cosplay. I think it would be interesting. And uh, like Nicholas was saying, we do have uh, some Star Trek groups down here, and so it would probably be easy to make some connections with them as well. Awesome. I think we're off to a phenomenal uh, start. Uh, I've already asked, um, Nicholas and Michelle, you know, what they wanted to get out of this. Uh, and now, uh, what do you call it? I would like to ask um, Tina and Thomas, what, what would they like to get out of this that we haven't covered yet? I'd love to see that we'd end up having a wonderful adventure and some wonderful stories that come out of this, as like you've been mentioning. Okay, awesome. So that that will definitely happen. We we will have some fun, and we will definitely produce uh, uh, creative uh, uh, stories. Tina, I I'm just so boggled by all this I'm hearing here. I mean, what more could I want? Could I wish for all this? I mean, you said it all. I mean, have a great time. Um, expand our knowledge to formulate and make up make new stories and 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 go out in a different branch and just wow <laughs> kind of re reignited my love of star trek all over again oh i'm, I'm very glad and is this <laughs> week a, a good week the third uh, monday of the month right now it's it's going to be dedicated to this whole starfleet uh, adventure um the first hour uh will focus on uh, bob vossler 
And uh, Bob Vossler is uh, the admiral here right now as we're getting processed for part of the USS Challenger, and he's uh, uh, the person that we're uh, reporting to. Um, and that first hour will be spent, uh, you know, basically exploring various, uh, you know, things that are organizationally related, uh, exploring issues uh, and episodes uh, that appear in uh, Star Trek, and also uh, getting introduced to people who are um, part of the Star Trek experience in District uh, Region 7, where uh, this is the part of the country it's called uh, Region 7, uh, and also meeting people from uh, his crew uh, as well. So we did that tonight um, and uh, earlier, and then what we're going to do is the second hour will be our crew to meet together in different combinations depending on people's availability, uh, and like tonight, kind of have an informal, uh, transparent uh, meeting. So does that work for you guys? And we'll start with uh, Nicholas and Michelle. Hercules, that would work for Nicholas and myself. Okay, great. Absolutely. Yeah, the time works fine for me. Okay, Tina? The word is given. <laughs> okay, incredibly <laughs> awesome. So the only limitation we have is the technology of Blogspot Radio, because when there are more than six uh, um, callers in, or six lines in, we start getting like a problem. So I'll probably have to restrict it to like six to eight individuals at a time. So this way, there's uh, some flexibility uh, in there. Um, and uh, I'm guessing, because, uh, again, we're running out of time and we haven't even scratched the surface, that this is something as we uh, move to the new station, we can expand so that it can happen not only once a month, but maybe twice a month. And this way, we can uh, you know, converse uh, more. Um, and the last uh, question. And, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, like, like Thomas brought up earlier, you know, there's there's other alternatives to explore, like Discord, uh, Google Hangouts, and so yes, on and so yes, forth yes. that may not have this uh, restriction on us. Yeah, and you just, we would just have the, we would make sure to record it and then just upload it from there. That would be awesome. And if you could walk me through that, uh, because, uh, again, like today I'm forgetting uh, uh, states and the simple English. <laughs> My learning curve has gotten the older I get. So, uh, um, so okay, yeah, we could definitely explore those and we'll have other uh, venues. Uh, plus, uh, um, I've shared this already. I've been approached by several people about getting back on TV. So although that may not happen, it may happen. You know, th these things begin as discussions and they stop and start and they get shelved. So anyway, so that might be a possibility uh, on, on some of the things. It's going to be a cable show. So uh, one of my uh, dreams is that we weave this into uh, the greater mythology that, that, that will be explored on the show. So anyway, uh, don't hold your breath, and, you know, but it might happen. So I'm, I'm just uh, um, sharing that here. Um, okay, we're down to our last uh, 10 minutes and, uh, or nine minutes, and I'd like everybody to give a chance to share their uh, contact information uh, and leave our listening audience with uh, some wisdom in terms of uh, collaboration of creativity. Uh, so we will start with Nicholas Dyack. All right. So, hi, everyone. So I can be found at uh, nickdyack.com. Uh, from there is a link to all my social media, uh, links to all the projects I'm working on. And let's see, any, like, advice that I can put out there? 
I don't know. I again, I think I've mentioned this on a prior podcast. You know, this, you know, the act of storytelling, the act of group storytelling, is uh, a nice endeavor to get people together and to create something new. And uh, that's just something I look forward to, and I hope other people do as well. Awesome. And Michelle, Brittany. Um, yeah, so I can be found at Amazon. I have an author page. It's Michelle Brittany. I also have a weekly blog called Michelle's Musings on Mummies. Um, so if you plug that into your search engine, that should be the first. Uh, and only. The first and only <laughs> response at the top. Um, I think for uh, going forward, I think the advice that I would have is that people have an open mind. Um, and to be, you know, in embody the spirit of the project and uh, to be willing to engage and develop um, and to allow your creativity to flow. Um, I think that's what I would, would say. Thank you very much, Michelle and Thomas Pontan. Uh, well, you can contact me by email at tomwaterwitch at live.com. Um, my my Simbaka Rafikin page is on Facebook. If you look up Simbaka, S-I-M-B-A-K-A-R-A-S-I-K-I-N on Facebook, there's the official Facebook page of the Simbaka Rafikin of the Pridelandian Empire. Um, and then you can always go into the archives of the, the Great North Pagan Podcast. You can find that on YouTube. And so it's like as Simbaka Rafikin say, say that to always look toward the stars. And never be to be afraid to look to your dreams until that day, till we are one. Incredibly awesome and very well and powerfully stated. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Thomas uh, Pantan. And last but certainly not least, um, from the USS Odyssey, Tina Chandler. Well, always to keep a open nine, but like with everything, there are some limitations to the writing, but always, always keep looking ahead, always keep looking beyond what you are, always be open to new suggestions, new ideas. That's what Trek is all about, and it's all about opening your mind to what's more than what we are and what's more that's out there. And as Katurisha Star Dancer, my keeper of the stars, of Mesos would say, may the stars always shine your way back home, and may the lights of the stars always keep you alive and well with your families. Thank you very much. Uh, again, very powerfully uh, said. I'm really looking forward to our interactions uh, uh, in this adventure, both uh, behind the scenes and uh, official. Um, now, uh, we have a couple of minutes left, and uh, I have added your uh, profiles on Facebook. Uh, and right now, I added uh, Simbakia's uh, information as well uh, near uh, Thomas's. Uh, and I've added uh, some other contact information. I've added Michelle's uh, blog, and I've added uh, um, Nicholas's uh, website. And uh, is there any other place you'd like me to uh, provide a link for? I forgot to add that, didn't I? Um, uh, this is Tina again. Um, my email address is uss71832 at yahoo.com. Or you can contact me, Tina Chandler, on Facebook. Or you can even contact me through uh, 
um, my husband's web um, email address, comicscardsandstuff.com. And I can't think of any other ways to get a hold of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Bob Vossler, um, who he's been kind enough to be listening to the show, and he's been emailing me. He says he believes the Odyssey is in Region 3. Is that correct? I believe we are, too. I was thinking of that. I'm thinking, are we in Region 3 or Region 7? Seven is up by us over here. Yeah, so we're in three. I will provide a link to uh, Region 3 as well, and this way people can uh, uh, check into your ship and uh, also uh, contact you through there if they uh, wish. Um, Thomas, okay. is there any place else you'd like me to uh, provide a link to? Uh, those are the major places to provide a link, so you can just contact me by those means, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, Michelle and Nicholas, is there any place else you'd like me to add uh, to your uh, uh, contacts? No, Hercules, that's it for me right now. Uh, New Year's resolution is to get my uh, my website back current. In my I'm Mine pretty too. centralized at dot com, so I keep up the housekeeping. <laughs> Yes, you do. You're excellent at it. I've, I've let it slide for like a fraction of a year. So um, they told me I could no longer use the program I taught myself to use. And I got to figure out a new program and uh, transfer things over. But uh, that's one of my resolutions, too, as well, Michelle. And uh, you're, you're a sterling example of what I strive for, Nicholas. Now, no problem. Uh, we always enjoy being around and seeing your adventures and being part of all this stuff. Uh, and thank you to all of you for being here tonight. I'm greatly appreciative, and I'm looking forward to our next uh, um, com- communication, whether it be here or through PM or through some other venue. Thanks again. Thanks so much. It's oh. been an honor to be on here. And thank thanks you so very much. Us from- oh, go ahead, everyone. I was going to say thank and you thank- so very much, and happy Yuletide, everyone. And to you yes. as well, happy and to all of you. And thanks to those at home who joined us. (laughs) Until next time, this is the crew of the unnamed vessel uh, and its allies bidding you all uh, happy holidays and a happy new year. Thanks for listening to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network. Join us seven nights a week for exciting programming covering a variety of expressions of faith. And remember, all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. <laughs>